Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Football season can get a little hectic from grabbing snacks for the tailgate to fueling your kids for practice. Experience drone delivery with Wing. Get fast, safe, and eco-friendly delivery in 30 minutes or less. Now in select neighborhoods in Dallas-Fort Worth. To see if Wing has landed in your neighborhood, visit wing.com slash Texas football. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days, and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high-quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance. Really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit vcrnow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that's already looking forward to next Thanksgiving. Correct. Starting our planning in about a week. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll show us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Dutch to the dorks. She's the queen of Thanksgiving. Mm. She's Ashley Pickle. I like that. That's high regard. Is there? Yeah, I'll, I'll think about that. I don't know if I feel good about that. The Prime Minister of Thanksgiving. How about that? Okay. I don't know if I want to give you like a like you're born into this. Like you've earned this. This is true. Okay. That's what I'm yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you, I like you, that. You've earned this. The Prime Minister of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Ashley Pickle. Today is Monday, November twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. Now I need everybody to shield their ears a little bit because I'm about to say something that nobody likes. Okay. Mm-hmm. 367 days until Thanksgiving. Ah! 
Because <laughs> it's November 28th next year. <laughs> yeah. Like we snap back. It's oh, a full no. week later. Oh, yeah. It's over a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, 367. God. That we'll should count be you illegal. Down. We'll count you down, though. All right. Wait, wait, this is the worst it's going to be, guys. That's true. It this only gets wor- better That's from the here. biggest number I'm going to say. 367. I think it's the biggest number I can ever say. Yeah, the 28th is the latest it can be. Mm-hmm. Although the 22nd, it can be the 22nd at times. Anyway, all I'll say. Uh, happy birthday to Bill Nye, the science guy. Oh, it's nice. episode 1,699. Wow. Tomorrow. On today's show, folks. Big show. We got Monday morning fallout. We're going to overreact to the football weekend. A lot to overreact to. Uh, our overreactions will not include uh, the coaching changes at um, the coaching changes at Houston and at UTEP. Uh, nor will it include the non-coaching changes at um, Baylor. Baylor and Rice. We'll talk about that as the week goes on. So just keep your powder dry. Then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the regional final bound, Port Lavaca Calhoun Sandcrabs. Coach Richard Whitaker will join us live on the show. Back half the show, we'll talk a little bit about one of the coaching changes that did happen. Mm -hmm. As Texas A&M has made a hire in uh, Mike Elko, but it wasn't without some drama. We'll talk about that coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we first fourth through the door? We sure do. It was Daniel Agnew, Andrew Christensen, Jersey number 69, and nice. Salty Vet. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your Thanksgiving postgame with us. Pickle, hit the air raid siren sign for Monday Morning Fallout. Morning, morning, fallout. Or we overreact to the football weekend. Plenty to talk about, folks. Plenty to talk about. We'll th- start with my opening thought. Feasting on chaos. <laughs> so there's a fair number of places, ways we can go about this. We'll talk about AM situation in a bit. But especially in the high school football ranks, the regional fi- semifinal round, um, one of the great things about this round is that you get two full days of football friday all day literally all 10 a.m to i think there's a 7 30 kick mm-hmm. 10 a.m to 7 30 kick and then the, the next day you wake up and i want to say the earliest game was 11 mm-hmm. it's it 11 all the way up to a 7 30 kick and across the entire week you had a number of games that i would categorize as uh, certainly stunning and certainly surprising. One of them, I think we have to talk about the number one team in 3A Division One going down. Mm-hmm. Lorena not just beats Columbus, kind of handle Columbus yeah. in a big way to knock off the team that was pretty consensus the team to beat in 3A Division One. Well, now they're beat. That now that's that's you know done and dusted. That's they're they're on to the next one. That was one that I found to be particularly surprising. Down in the Rio Grande Valley, you had a huge upset with Brownsville Veterans Memorial knocking off PSJA North. In an all-valley reg- all regional semifinal, I think that really speaks to the depth of the Rio Grande Valley this year. Now, I think Brownsville Veterans Memorial, that's certainly an upset. PSJA North looked like they had just been romping past people. Mm-hmm. But I do think that overall, when you take a look at it, that is a testament to the depth that you saw across the state of Texas. I thought that was particularly surprising. You had other, you had other games across the state that I think 
could be, I don't know if you want to categorize them as upsets, but because I don't know, you get this far, and I don't know if there's any teams that are left to be called quote-unquote Cinderella's, mm-hmm. right? But you've certainly had some some games across the state that shook up, that were bracket busters, right? A week after we talked all about how Lavernia knocked off Bernie and we were just stunned with the, the, the dominance that they had, well, San Antonio Davenport just goes, yeah, okay, bet, and knocked off Lavernia. That, I think categorized as a surprise Belleville and Silsby I think that is one I picked Belleville I've been on the Belleville train for a minute but as far as margins are concerned as far as margins are concerned I don't think there's there's any doubt that that's a surprise I think it was a surprise that they went up 30 Mm -hmm. to nothing at the end of the first how about Lancaster over Longview fourth place Lancaster through to the regional final knocking off their district rival in Longview and doing so on a walk-off field goal. That game certainly, I think, would be considered a surprise. Also a surprise, San Antonio Piper. Comal ISD, we'll talk about them in a moment, knocks off Alamo Heights in the final game of the weekend. That game, I think, is surprising. And again, when you talk about just margins, how about Stephenville 7, Salina 3, mm-hmm. right? That's a wild, wild score. Jasper over Quero, I think, would categorize in that in that chaos area. So, when you take a look across, I, I, by the way, you also had some near misses. Munster was throwing into the end zone for the win against Albany. Across the state, overall, you had some real bracket busters, and it made it worthwhile to sit down and just enjoy the entire slate of games, all eighty-eight of them across the state. It was a fun week of football. Time for game of the week. Jacksboro 49, Holiday 48 in overtime. This game was a wild one. As they go back and forth in the fourth quarter, Jacksboro scores and goes for two in over uh, goes for two to tie it to force overtime. Mm-hmm. Holiday gets the ball, scores. Jacksboro on fourth down. Fourth and like, I want to say like goal from like the 11. It was not a short one. It was not a short one. I don't know the exact yardage, but it was not short. Lando Belcher fires a touchdown pass to, I think it's Caden Swan in the back of the end zone to pull within one. They decide to go for two, and it's Belcher to Swan again for the win in a absolute just masterpiece of a high school football game. Mm-hmm. I Jacks- think Corey Hogue was there. Jacksboro 49, Holiday 48. It's one of the games of the year. Just a spectacular performance. Am I overreacting? Is Texas A&M going to be looking for a new athletic director too? We're going to talk about this coming up here at the back half of the show. Texas A&M does have a new head coach in Mike Elko. Um, Saturday night, you might have gone to bed thinking that they had a new head coach that wasn't Mike Elko mm-hmm. and Mark Stoops. And then there was functionally like a revolt. Yep. And then they pulled him. That's that's what happened, by the way. They they might try to spin it, and they'll they'll do a press conference and say that Mike Elko is always their first choice, and that these media reports were wrong. That's not true. Um. And Ross Bjork, the alpha, the athletic director, really comes out of this not looking great. No. And it's all is well that ends well. And they got they got a guy we'll talk about Mike Elko in the back half of the show, but 
I don't I don't know if there's a ton of confidence brimming around Ross Bjorken in College Station right now. No, and I think especially because, and may, maybe I'm just wrong, and maybe I was one of the only people shocked by this, but the initial Mark Stoops mm-hmm. hire was one that I still felt like it was kind of out of left field a little bit. You know, like it was just kind of one of those that it's like, man, you're going to get turned down by him? I'm going to, we're going to talk about that in a little yeah. bit because there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't know if Mark Stoops turned them down. Certainly, they're they're positioning it that way, mm-hmm. uh, or he's positioning it that way. But we'll talk about what really happened down there in College Station. But for for us, Bjork has not been a great forty eight hours. It's time for the dude's rock dude of the week. This week's dude's rock dude of the week is Lorena running back Braylon Henry, who in their game against Columbus, number one unbeaten Columbus, runs for. 204 yards and five touchdowns on the ground to pace the Leopards past the number one Columbus Cardinals. And now, by the way, Lorena gets a date with a team they've already beaten in Franklin, Mm -hmm. the two-time defending champs. Watch this space. It'll be a lot of fun. Time for the play of the week. Tepper's play of the week. Let's talk about Anna and Frisco Panther Creek. It was insane. Um, this game was live on Dave Campbell's Texan Live. I couldn't. I oh, I had to find the 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 Bally cut of this, which is fine because they they cut it together with a bunch of different replays. But Anna is down with ten seconds left functionally, or no, about thirty three se- thirty three seconds left because it was Miller who scored with ten seconds left mm-hmm. to beat Victoria East, which that was a wild game too. But Anna is driving, needing a touchdown. Or I think they needed a field goal, a field goal to tie the game. Yes, they needed a field goal to tie it. And that is when Zyandre Williams dropped back and just looked for Jacob Emmers, who is not open. But that didn't stop him. Williams on third and six, fires down the left side, hanging in the air. It is tipped and caught. Oh, I can't believe it. Jacob Evans on the tip drill, hauls in the touchdown pass. What a play. Wow. Anna pulls a rabbit out of their hat with a come-from-behind win over Frisco Emerson to move on to the regional final. Thanks in large part to Jacob Emmers and his ridiculous Just insane. Catch. We lost our mind when we saw that. <laughs> Quick break for a hot take. Texas is probably going to get screwed for the college football playoff. Yeah, with w- who Washington won. Mm-hmm. Everyone won. Which, yeah, That's which hurt. That's the problem. So here's the issue, okay? And Florida State. Here's the issue with... Um, with Texas and what the, what they're dealing with, okay? You've got they have got uh, the Big Twelve championship game coming up this week. They're eleven and one, and they are, in my opinion, big favorites to beat Oklahoma State. Yes, who tried very hard to spit the pit. Oh my God, tried very hard. They went in a double overtime. They went in a double overtime against yes. BYU. Yes, they are right now sitting seventh in the college football playoff. Now, that's going to change. Because Ohio State loses to Michigan. Who knows what they're going to do with Ohio State. Um, Oregon and and Washington are going to tee up again. So if they take care of business, they'll jump ahead of one of them. Mm-hmm. But here's the issue. Here's the issue for, for Texas. Georgia, uh, let's, assume, let's assume everything goes to chalk in the conference championship games. Yes. Okay. Georgia beats Alabama. Mm-hmm. Georgia's in. 
Any any complaints no, there? No, absolutely not. Michigan's going to beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. Michigan's in. Anyone want to nope. complain on, the, on that? The winner of Washington and Oregon's probably in. Yeah, I, right? I think they have to If be. it's Washington, they'd be 13-0, and 0, mm-hmm. and they'd be a confer- a, a, an undefeated conference champion, power, power conference champion, for whatever Pac-12 means at this mm-hmm. point. Un- they'd be 13-0. They're getting in. They're not getting left out. If it's Oregon, they will have knocked off a previously avenged their only loss of the year, which is on the road, by the way. They will be twelve and they'll be they'll be twelve and one conference champion mm-hmm. with their one loss a loss they've already avenged, right? Yep. So that's that's three. The question for them and the real stubborn part of this for Texas is Florida State because mm-hmm. Florida State plays Louisville. Now, Florida State is without their star quarterback. Jordan Travis got hurt. He had a pretty gruesome leg injury yeah, a couple was, weeks ago. It was, it was ugly. Bad. But they beat Florida. Mm-hmm. If they beat Louisville this week, and they're favored to beat Louisville, in my opinion, even without Jordan Travis. Mm-hmm. If they beat Louisville this week, they will be an undefeated conference champion. Texas, has, Texas needs someone to lose. Yeah. Texas needs Alabama to beat Georgia, mm-hmm. or Texas needs Iowa to... No, never mind. Uh... <laughs> Or, or Texas needs Louisville to beat. I can't believe Iowa's in the Big Ten championship. Or Texas needs Iowa, uh, Louisville to beat Florida State. Because otherwise, because yeah. otherwise, Texas has got number five written all over them. Oh, I yeah. hate to say it. I'm sorry. Because that would be a team that would be 11 and one, 12 and one conference champion with a win at Alabama. But the way that the bra- the way that the ranking, the CFP uh, committee has set it up, it, it sets up for Texas to get left. Oh out. yeah. If I think the big one. I think that they'll still kind of mull back and forth if Louisville was to beat Florida State. But I think if— Because by the way, Louisville would have an argument. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is then you would be ending up with a lot of ducks in the pond that had that have the argument. But it would be hard for the committee to talk their way around. If Alabama beats Georgia, it'll be a lot harder for the committee to talk them way around mm-hmm. when Texas has that win over Alabama. Right. Like that's that's the best case scenario the best for case, them yes. is Alabama beating Georgia. That's exa- exactly right. 100%. Best case scenario is Alabama beats Georgia. Yes. Second best case scenario, Louisville beats Florida, Florida State. Florida State, yep. And that still makes me nervous. You've got to have <laughs> at least one of those happen to have a chance, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So... Just prepare yourself. Just letting you know. It's time for the hunt of the week. Huntsville 14, Richmond Randall 13. This is, like, you would look at this and be like, what's the big deal? Folks. Folks. Richmond Randall had already beaten Huntsville. Richmond Randall had already beaten Huntsville three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Richmond Randall had already beaten Huntsville three weeks ago by 29 points. Yep. By four touchdowns. And Huntsville comes up with a virtuoso defensive performance and comes away with a 14-13 upset win. Just stunning. Stunning stuff. And certainly capable, certainly worthy of being the hunt of the week. Time for the wild stat of the week. I tweeted this out, but it's worth mentioning. So there was a six-man football, a 1A Division One. Um, one division two rather regional final between Balmeray and Klondike. Okay, Klondike gets the win. I think it was a hundred to sixty-six was the final, something like that. Uh, sixty-seven. I think sixty-seven. Hundred sixty-seven. I believe. 
plot I get to win there through the state semifinal. I want to talk about the two coaches. The head coach at Balmeray is our good buddy Vance Jones. Mm-hmm. Vance Jones, the six-man legend, six-man icon, arguably a real argument to being the greatest six-man football coach of all time. Yes. Uh, Vance Jones is seventy-seven years old. Been around. Been he's, he's he's forgotten more football than we'll ever know. He's a he's a he's an OG. The guy he coached against on Saturday, on Friday rather, was Dalton DeGraffenreid. Dalton DeGraffenreid, the head coach at Klondike, has been there for five years. Five years. He is twenty-nine. Yes. <laughs> which would mean that when they towed up, when they towed up on on Friday in Rankin. When they shook hands at midfield, there was a 48-year gap in age. That's crazy. Between Dalton DeGraffenreid and, and Vance Jones. Vance Jones probably looked at Same Dalton DeGraffenreid and was like, are you a player? Yeah, what are you... <laughs> and here's the funny thing. I would need to go back and look at this. Mm-hmm. There is a decent chance... That he coached that against Vance him. Jones coached against... Dalton DeGraffenreid, the player. Who played at Klondike. Who, played, who was the star at Klondike. Yeah. I remember covering Dalton DeGraffenreid because I'm old. <laughs> anyway, there's your wild stat of the week. Time for the math step. He got that dog in him. Player of the week. And now, the math step. He got that dog in him. Player of the week. Hey, y'all. Matt step with Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Here to bring you live from my truck the winner of the regional semifinal matt step he got that dog in him award and the winner of this week's matt step he got that dog in him award is none other than desoto junior defensive end keelan abrams in desoto's 65 to 31 win over willis on friday night keelan had three sacks multiple tackles for losses and was generally just a terror for the Willis offensive line to handle. Keelan Abrams, you, sir, have got that dog in you. Congrats. This has been the Matt Step He Got That Dog in Him Player of the Week. Congratulations, Keelan Abrams, Soto, the winner of one of the most prestigious awards in Texas high school football. Correct. You have my attention, Komal ISD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley Pickle... Uh, I'm, I, I went to a Coppell ISD school. Do you know how many teams Coppell ISD has in the regional finals? None. None. Wah, wah, you went to Lano ISD school. How many okay. How many teams does Lano ISD have in the regional finals? They didn't even have a team in the playoffs. Okay. Um, Duncanville. Duncanville ISD. How many teams do they have in the regional finals? One. Final? One. Okay, great. Um, Dallas ISD. Ooh, one. One. Yeah. Frisco ISD. One. Panther Creek. Panther Creek's last, or Emerson, Emerson. uh, Emerson's last Emerson. one left. Yeah, Emerson's last one left, right? Kamal ISD doesn't have one, doesn't have two. Kamal ISD has three teams in the regional final. Smithson Valley, San Antonio Davenport, and San Antonio Piper, mm-hmm. all into the regional final. They could have two of those very recent programs, and two of them two second year varsity programs. And by the way, all three of them—I don't know if they'd be favored to have—all three of them could play at state. Yes, they're all in different brackets. But Kamal ISD, keep an eye on them. They have my attention. Get excited for rematches. 
We got a bunch of them in the regional finals. Yeah, we do. A number of rematches across the state of Texas, including we get DeSoto Cedar Hill Part Two. Mm-hmm. We get Timpson Garrison Part Two. Right. We have Byron Nelson Coppell. Oh, I'm sorry, Byron Nelson South Lake Carroll Part Two. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's on my brain. <laughs> We at Lake Travis Westlake Part 2. We at North Shore Atascacita Part 2. Mm-hmm. We at Liberty Hill Piper Part 2. With Forney Lancaster Part 2. Kilgore Chapel Hill Part 2. Brock Paradise Part 2. Franklin Lorena Part 2. Refurio Ganado Part 2. Which, by the way, all of those games that you've mentioned, that's about 20% of the games. A lot of games. There's 44 games. Mm-hmm. Good number of rematches in the regional final. Final thought. Coaches are people too. So we're gonna. I mentioned that coming up here in just a moment, we're we're gonna talk about the Texas A&M coaching change. Uh, there are a couple of other coaching changes across the state. Dan Holgerson got fired at um, at Houston, Houston and Dana Dimmel got fired at UTEP. We went from two head coaches named Dana to zero head coaches named Dana. It's a tough day to be Texas. Dana. Tough Bad day, to, day be to be a Dana. And and like I understand that like we're all passionate about our football teams mm-hmm. but I think that it's just a, it's it's important to remember that these guys are are like this is their job and like it, it's a guy getting like losing his job um I mention this because um and I hope Mike Craven doesn't doesn't um mind me saying this but uh Dana Dimmel reached out to Mike Craven this past week this weekend after it happened and just said hey I just want to thank you for the coverage, even when you, I think he said something, even when you had to rip my ass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it's, it's tough sometimes. I think that it's important to remember that these guys have families, these guys, this is their livelihood, this is their, what they do for a living. And if I got fired from my job, I'm sure there would be some people who are dancing on my grave, certainly. But all I'm saying is let's let's take a, a moment to remember that even when we think that our favorite football team should change coaches that that would require somebody losing their job well and I think we can be very candid and honest too about some things like you look at Dana Dimmel who that's a program that is hard oh, yeah. to coach at it's hard to recruit at not I've been to El Paso I love El Paso I'm the first person to say that and like it stinks to watch that that's a very different firing than a Jimbo Fisher who's getting paid twenty six thousand dollars a day for the next eight years to go away those I think that he can he can wipe away the comments with all of the bags of money that he's getting Dana Dimmel it stinks when someone gets fired from a program that they poured a lot of hard obviously very clearly yeah exactly anyway it's my final thought. That's Monday morning fallout. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Also on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk with the head coach of the Port Lavoque Calhoun Sandcrabs. Coach Richard Whitaker will join us. But first, or from these goods and services. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. 
We started Be Well Texas to offer high-quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, even at home. We provide compassionate, caring support virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment if you don't have insurance. Really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Wing is the largest residential drone delivery provider in the world. Delivering to your home in less than 30 minutes. Order using an app just like other popular delivery services, and Wing's automated drone takes care of the rest. It's fast, safe, and sustainable, and it's now delivering to parts of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. You can learn more at wing.com slash texasfootball. Again, that's wing.com slash texasfootball. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. We're pleased to be joined by the regional final bound head coach of the Port Lavaca Calhoun Sand Grabs, Coach Richard Whitaker. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great today. How are you, sir? Uh, probably not as good as you guys are doing down there in Port Lavaca. Um, how's the uh, how's how's the the scene down there? How's the 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 energy down there in Port Lavaca these days? Well, it's great right now. You know, our our uh, community is very excited. It's been uh, since 2018. We've had an opportunity to play in the state quarterfinals, and uh, you know, last night was uh, last Friday night was a huge win for our kids against a very good Alice team. And so, right now, the buzz is great, and people's excited. Well, and, and specifically, I want to go back to that that win against Alice this past weekend. You guys knock them off 20, 27-14. That was a an Alice team that had been white hot, rolling in, especially offensively, and you guys were able to really get them to play your game. What was it going on on Friday that, that really had you guys playing well? Well, it's the first half, I tell you, we played about as good a football as we could play on both sides of the ball. Defensively, we get two or three big stops, one of them in the red zone on about the 10-yard line, uh, fourth down. But we get two or three fourth down stops that were just – I mean, those are big momentum turn, turners for the for, for us. And uh, I tell you, I'm so proud of our little defensive kids. Alice is huge. Their offensive line's huge. They put big backs in the backfield in front of their quarterback, and they do a great job, have some tough schemes. And we got those stops, and offensively we were able to take the ball then and go score on all, all those possessions but one and, and uh, give us a chance to have a 21-0 lead 
at halftime. But I, I think it just defense set the tone, offense kind of followed suit, and then the second half it was kind of back and forth. Uh, each team, you know, the second half till uh, we finally got it put away there in the fourth quarter. This is your 19th year there with with Calhoun, and you guys have had you've had some really special years. You know, you go back to what you guys were able to do in 2013. You know, you mentioned 2018 around the region uh, the, the the regional final. Um, uh, this team, this 2023 team. Uh, I don't want to ask you to compare, but do you see similarities between this team and what they've got going and some of those other great Sand Crabs teams that you've been able to put on the field? Well, I was telling somebody this morning when I talked to the Rotary at the beginning of the year, I did compare this defense a lot to our 2013 defense. Uh, we're blessed to have some kids that have some mobility. We, we have a little quickness and speed on defense that we haven't had maybe in some of the previous years. So I felt like our defense had a chance to be a really special group, and uh, and they've lived up to that. They've done a great job. You know, offensively, uh, we, we've had our moments this year. We, we You know, our schedule's tough. Uh, preseason's tough. We play a lot of good football teams, and we've had our moments where we sputtered on offense, but for the most part, you know, when it mattered, you know, we, we've got things going. So, um, you know, you can look back and say that we are similar to some of those teams. We're not as big. This is probably the smallest group we've put on the field mm-hmm. offensively. Our line is not as big as we have had in the past, but uh, certainly these kids are operating very well right now. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can have the same success we did back in those years. Uh, talking with Richard Whitaker, the head coach of the Port Lavaca Calhoun Sand Crabs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Uh, all right, Coach, one of the guys on that defense that has been such a, a leader for you guys uh, is is your your junior, Colton Judd, a guy who is 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 leading you in, in pretty much every statistical category uh, defensively. But you mentioned you guys are undersized. He's 5'9", 200. He sure doesn't play like that. Uh, how important <laughs> – how important is he uh, to – what you guys do uh, defensively to, to have you guys rolling right now? Well, Coach is a very intelligent kid, first of all. He's a student of the game. Uh, Coach Lena, the defense staff, does a great job of preparing those kids, but he does a great job of, you know, picking up on things. And and uh, certainly he's the guy that's kind of uh, – he's the quarterback on defense. He's getting the defense lined up and making the calls out there, and he's done a tremendous job all year long. And uh, the surrounding cast surrounding him, again, they've all been wonderful. And, and uh, you know, Colton's a fine football player, and hopefully he'll have a big game this coming Friday. Uh, you, uh, your, your leading rusher is, is Jace Campos, a guy who's, who's going to go over 1,500 yards coming up here next, this week. Uh, he's got 21 touchdowns on the year. You guys spread the ball around a lot, obviously, in your, in, in your double-slot offense, but he's been the guy who's, who's been kind of the bell cow back. Um, compared to some other guys that you've had uh, toting the mail for you guys, where, how does Jace Campos compare? Jace has been great. You know, last year we lost our fullback on the first day of practice, first day of pads. Our fullback broke his leg. And, uh, you know, we struggled. We were, you know, you guys kind of put us to dead out there. We were 0 7 and made a little run in the, you know, three round run in the playoffs after that. So we had to, what we did, Jace was playing quarterback. And about middle of the season, we flipped him from quarterback to fullback, which he had never played ever. And, uh, man, he just, he, he did a great job and has accepted the role. And this year he came back. He's gotten stronger and bigger. And, and uh, you know, our ops, our offense starts with that fullback. It, it, that's where it starts. You, you've got to establish the fullback up inside, and and a lot of it's going to be tough sledding. And Jace has given given that to us. 
a lot of his runs against Alice of the Night were, you know, yak yards, yards after contact. He'd get hit immediately and he'd pick up three or four yards. And that's staying ahead of the chains is, is a big part of our game. And having that big fullback, um, it's just a, it's a must for us to have for us to have success. You know, uh, Coach. Whenever we talk with with coaches, obviously we you know one of the guys that's at the central part of the offense is the quarterback. Neil say he's the guy who touches the ball the most. But 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 in your offense and in a guy like Alex Parker, who is such an important part of him, it's such a different style of being important, right? He's throwing the ball all of 30 times this year, and yet he's so integral to what you do. Um, how much have you seen this junior signal caller grow for you over the course of the year? No, he tried, uh, great. I mean, the last year, he, like I said, he was a sophomore when we brought him in last year. Uh, very green, but he got going last year and coming back. He had a lot of confidence from the beginning of the year this year. And the difference in us, and and uh, and, and somebody asked me the other day, an option friend of mine in Louisiana said, Coach, how much are y'all reading? I said, we probably read 90% of our plays. Mm. And so that's on the quarterback. And so when you look at teams that are spreading and throwing the ball, you think, well, that quarterback's probably got three or four seconds to make a decision back there. In our offense, our quarterback's got less than a second to make the right decision. And Parker has done a great job of putting the ball in the right places and that's so key for us um he's making good reads and and uh you know putting the ball around like it's like i said where it's supposed to be and that's just what makes us go and uh, it's hard to take away all three options and and uh, if he's doing the right thing then then it's, it puts a lot of pressure on defenses uh richard whitaker of the calhoun sand crabs joining us coach uh it's going down friday at the alamo dome in san antonio as poor lavaca calhoun who's been playing football since 1914 uh will take on san antonio davenport who's been playing football since let me check my notes here uh 2022 uh two pretty disparate programs here as far as pedigree is concerned i know you've been in in the film room getting to getting to know these uh this davenport team uh what do you see on on film uh and 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 what are you what are you looking for uh on on friday yeah, I always get a kick out of you guys talking about these new schools like that. But <laughs> you know, they just won state in volleyball a couple of weeks ago, so they, they've got they've already got some tradition going there in athletics at Davenport High School. Tremendous athletes. Uh, it all starts with their quarterback. Man, he just distributes the ball so well. Uh, you know, they run a lot of uh, uh, you know the the, the reads, the uh, play action reads, and things like that, where he just is is just does a great job of seeing what the defense is doing and what he's giving them. And uh, has a nice touch on his deep ball but uh they, they have tremendous athletes great quickness on defense uh you know when you go back and look at some of their latter games like the beville game or the lavernia game they're striking quick i think they scored four touchdowns in the first seven plays of the beville game they're up on lavernia 17 to nothing before lavernia you know uh, scored last week so those guys are out of the gates fast and and that's what they want to do they want to be explosive um you know for us it's going to be we, we need to take the air out of the ball and try to keep those guys on the sideline as much as we can to, to keep, give ourselves a chance. He's Richard Whitaker. He is busy on Friday night. Don't call him. Uh, he's uh, going to be busy coaching his Port Lavac Calhoun Sandcraps uh, against the San Antonio Davenport squad at the Alamo Dome on a Friday night. Coach, we sure appreciate your time. Congratulations again on all your success so far, and uh, best of luck on Friday night in the Dome. Well, thank you for all you do. We appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. There he goes. Richard Whitaker, head coach of Port Lavac Calhoun Sandcraps. Couple, couple small notes there. One, <laughs> I was making one. He was like, "I was just proud of our little guys out there." Yeah. <laughs> and now he's he's right. Compared, Alice was enormous. Huge. Alice oh, had yeah. enormous just team size, right? But Calhoun, that's kind of what they, you know, they they do. They they make the the best of them, and schematically they're just so sound, and they came up with big plays. 
The other thing that I just get a kick out of, it's the most Texas high school football thing I think you could possibly say is he's like when I was talking to the yeah, talking to the Rotary club. in the preseason. I'm like that's that's that that's the kind of thing that you know you're talking about a four A school, four A town. You're like yep. Uh, probably August twelfth. You got a date with the Rotary. Probably gonna go eat lunch with them. And that tell or them about, the, tell the Lions the Club. Like, tell about, oh yeah, one. absolutely. Uh, he's been doing that a long time, and I'll I'll tell you, uh, that is one of the toughest games to call this week. Davenport Calhoun. Yeah, because Davenport's obviously brimming with confidence, and like the um, the 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 playmakers they've got on that team are very dangerous and and sound. Calhoun plays such a wild and different style of football. They're the crazy man in the fight. <laughs> They're like, they run a double slot offense, and Stephen and I have talked about this a lot. It, it's an offense that I don't think anyone else runs, Mm-mm. right? Like, we all got impressed with, like, Gunner whenever they came about in that Switched kind of that pistol, pistol option yeah. offense and stuff. And now there's, like, there's a fair number of teams that run that, right? It's kind of a copycat league. There's right? it's still impressive because they run it's it so still impressive, well, of course. But right, same yeah. thing with Liberty Hill. There's like there's teams that run the run, slot. They team. run the slot team, but they don't run it like Liberty Hill. I mean this sincerely. I would need somebody to point out another team that runs the double slot. Yes, it's just a, a functionally different offense, and so it's it's dangerous. And their defense is playing great ball right now. Keep an eye on this one. That is a huge game of the Alamo Dome Saturday night, and I think it's one of the hardest games to call. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Uh, we appreciate Coach Port Levac, or Port, Coach Richard Whitaker of Port Levac and Calhoun, <laughs> who might as well be named. He Port might. Levaca. I was going to say, if he wins he and is, gets them into the state semifinal, he, he is, might be Coach Port Levaca for as long he is, as he wants. Uh, he's been there for two decades. He is inextricable from that program. Anyway, we appreciate Coach Richard Whitaker's time. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Coming up here in just a moment, there's a new employee of the Texas A&M uh, University system. We'll talk about him and all the things that went into him getting hired. But first, let's find out who's up for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas Bowl, is proud to give the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award, presented by Kroger, to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each week, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Congratulations to this week's 10 nominees. Fans, be sure to vote for the player you believe should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes Friday at noon with the winner announced shortly after on texasfootball.com. Thanks to Kroger and the Tax Act Texas Bowl for their continued support of Texas high school football and the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. All right, Pickle. There are some other headlines across the state of Texas this weekend. Um, Some which ended up being true and some which ended up not being true. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what's happening at Texas A&M. If you haven't heard, Texas A&M a couple weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago now, um, fired their head coach, Jimbo Fisher. Yes. Um, they left it in the capable hands of Elijah Robinson, their defense, their, uh, one of their defensive assistants, to be their interim head coach. They go one and one to finish the season, finish the year seven and five. I would say, we talked about when Jimbo Fisher was fired, I would say that seven and five would cat- be categorized as a disappointing season for Texas A&M. Yes. They were a team that was expected to at least kind of go blow for blow with some of the teams in, in, in the, at the top of the conference, and they didn't do that. Jimbo Fisher, now um, out of a job, not sure he minds. No, I don't think so. So Texas A&M has now made a hire. This came down officially today. 
mm-hmm. that the new head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies will be Mike Elko. Mike Elko is a name that may ring a bell, um, not just because for the past couple of years he's been the head coach at Duke, but before that he was the defensive coordinator for Jimbo Fisher for his first four seasons at the helm. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was, from 2018 to 2022, he was the defensive coordinator for Texas A&M. He came over after a year at Notre Dame where he put together a really good defense. The couple years before that, he was the defensive coordinator at Wake Forest. Um, He's been a lifetime defensive guy. Um, If you're interested, he did play football at Penn, um, and he was a safety there. He's a New Jersey guy. Um, originally. Mike Elko is a name that had been bandied about pretty much immediately as soon as Jimbo Fisher was was, was fired because he kind of ticks a lot of the boxes now. I would say that when he left in 2021, he did not tick all the boxes, mm. specifically because he'd never been a head coach. Right. At any level, anywhere. Yes. He'd be a long, all-time you know, defensive coordinator or defensive assistant, I should say. He'd never been a head coach. Now, he goes to Duke, and at Duke, he goes 16-9 and nine in two seasons, um, which, taking over for David Cutcliffe, that first year, they go 9-4 and four, they uh, and, and, and uh, win their bowl game. So they go 8-4 and four in the regular season, then 7-5 and five this past year, which at Duke, not bad. That's a basketball school. Not bad. Like, through and I would, through basketball I would say that's, school. Yeah, I would say that's that's pretty good. Uh, but he now has two seasons as a head coach under his belt. That is apparently for the the, the powers that be at Texas A&M. That is enough of proof of concept to uh, to make him the head coach. But more importantly, let's not let's not mince words. This is about what he did as defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. Yes. This is, in some respects functionally a souped up promotion yeah because had he gone to he was the baylor dc forever and did something good then right. went to duke and it wouldn't have any ties to him no exactly right i don't think then he would be the hot name and the clear connection that texas a&m Correct. was making there was a familiarity aspect. there's familiarity because he'd been there for four years and by the way been pretty darn good mm-hmm. as defensive coordinator he's a guy who's well respected in uh, as far as the defensive mind is concerned it is interesting that this is what a good question greg this is the first defensive guy that they have hired as their head coach um boy francione i think that might be right um dennis francione was a um, you know a, a defensive guy or oh, no he was, he was an offensive guy too he's an offensive offensive coordinator it's been a minute since they've hired a defensive guy. Jimbo Fisher was a def- was an offensive guy. Kevin Sumlin was an offensive guy. Mike Sherman was an offensive guy. Dennis Francione was an offensive guy. It's been a minute since they've hired a defensive guy. But that's obviously where they want to go. If you're looking for just a quick take on Mike Elko, yeah, good job. Like, to me, this was one on the short list of obvious, obvious candidates. And it ticks a lot of boxes. I think it is important to make sure that you are like 
I am interested to see this is this is a real test case to see how much the brand of Texas A&M does from a recruiting perspective. Mike Elko was a good recruiter when he was at Texas A&M, but he was or but he was not like known as like the recruiting ace. He was a good recruiter, but the whole the whole program was a good recruiter, right? At Duke he did fine in recruiting for Duke. Right. You know what I mean? The idea here from the Texas A&M board and from uh, ostensibly athletic director Ross Bjork is that they are they believe that oh he's shown enough of proof of concept at duke that we think he can come here and soup up what he's you know what he was doing at duke and 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 with these facilities and with these these resources take them to the next level cuz make no mistake this is like the 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 goal for texas a&m while the head coach has changed has not changed Mm-mm. they expect you to contend for a national championship and that is the that is the charge for mike elko is to put them in the national championship conversation now that gets a little bit easier because you only got to finish in the top 12 now you gotta be one of the 12 you know gotta be in mm-hmm. in the mix for uh, the 12 team playoff but for texas a&m this is this is in many respects a a bit of an anti-jimbo hire yes this hire probably is closer to I guess it's close it's closer to someone than it is to to Jimbo. Yeah, which also wasn't great, but Right. Um it's probably like the 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 parallel is probably Dennis Francioni. As far as yeah. now, he he didn't have he had more head coaching experience. He was the head coach at TCU and the head coach at Alabama for a couple of years before he came to Texas A and M. That's probably the closer comparison. But this is, in many respects, a much more standard hire than Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Jimbo was the big splashy hire. Like, oh my gosh, like they're they're splashing cash. We're making making serious inroads. This is the guy who's going to take it. That Mike was... Elko, Mike Elko would fall more in the category of like, and Anim fans are going to wince when I say this. It's hiring a guy like Steve Sarkeesian. Yep, guy who's got some head coaching experience, known as a great coordinator. Bring him in. We think he can take him to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's much more kind of like rote higher it's not that kind of jazzy splashy higher that jimbo fisher was Mm -hmm. so i'm as far as mike elko is concerned initial thoughts i think you need to make sure you retain elijah robinson probably make him defensive coordinator in my opinion make him defensive coordinator the offensive coordinator spot is going to be really interesting. Yes. I'm very intrigued to see where they go with the offensive coordinator. Which is funny because if you're making the Sark comparison again, that's exactly what we said in the opposite fashion from Sark. Is Offensively, defense, makes perfect yeah. sense. Who does he hire does he for hire defensive DC? coordinator? This is a guy who is full-on defense. Yes. Who does he go? And A&M time? wants, I'm sure they want yeah. him to be full-on defense. Oh, that's yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they want him to have a hand in the defensive side, but then to be the CEO. Mm-hmm. I think that... Part of this, like we, we've talked about, when you break up with a girl, yep. you go and you you date a girl who's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. Jimbo Fisher, one of the knocks on him was because he was calling plays, he wasn't a great CEO. Yes, I think that they do not. They want to. Uh, I think promoting Elijah Robinson to be defensive coordinator, and then allowing them to, and then allowing him to be that CEO guy who still has a hand in the defense, mm-hmm. which is kind of Saban-esque. Yes. I think that's what they're, they're looking for here. Offensive coordinator is now the really interesting question there at A&M. So they land on Mike Elko. 
that was not the case 48 hours ago. Because Tuesday, I'm sorry, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, reports start coming out that Texas A&M is going to hire Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops is the head coach at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And I think that the idea of hiring Mark Stoops was a little bit more that's a little bit like I I think that I understand what they're going for here this is a guy who is at a basketball school in Kentucky Mm -hmm. has done good things there helped build them into perennially a lot better than they were than before he showed up by far quite certainly and the idea would be if we move him from a place where he can be the king of the castle, right there, he's second place to John Calipari forever. Yes. Because it's a basketball school. If he comes here, he's the king of the castle, and he can take that seven and five, eight and four that they usually are, and then go to the moon. Yes. So reports start coming out, and our own Mike Craven confirms it that they're going to hire Mike Stoops. Mark Stoops, rather. There's many, too many Stoops. There Mark are Stoops. many Stoops. And. What happens after that, I think, can only be described as a revolt because social media lights up and Aggie social media and Aggie nation, Aggie, the Aggie universe, the 12th man awakens and essentially in unison goes, wait, what? Yep. I've got we it. fired Jimbo Fisher and paid him $76 million to go away to hire Kentucky's coach? Yep. A guy who's 20 games under 500 in the SEC? <laughs> now, I think that is not a fair description of Mark Stoops, in my opinion. I think that you have to consider the circumstances there. And... He took over a cellar dweller and turned them into a middle-of-the-pack SEC East team, which is a decent accomplishment. I was going to say, what, how, how actually high is the ceiling there? It's about, right. it's about there. I think he's reached his ceiling. Yeah. With but that said... Comparing ceilings is a huge part of making a decision. Correct. Without, with that said, A&M fans were not having it. No, they were and not. And they were not happy about this. And by the way, I think there's going to be this notion of like, oh, all these reporters were wrong. Mike Craven was wrong. Like uh, 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 Bruce Feldman. I don't know if Bruce Feldman reported it. Bruce Feldman, Pete Thamel, all these guys were wrong. I'm here to tell you the TikTok of this thing is that it was going to be Mark Stoops. He did not. They did not have all the ducks in a row when that got out. It was not a done deal. They heard the, the they heard the uh, the outrage, mm-hmm. and they backed off. Now, Mark Stoops put out a statement saying, "You know, yes, I was contacted, but I just love Big Blue Nation, and I want to stay here." Yeah, which just what gives else? him more bona fides toward to hit to his program right now. What else do you want him to say? Yeah, there's nothing. Yes, else I was you going can. to leave, and then they pulled the offer. Yeah, because that's functionally what happened. Is that A and M? heard from their alum from the the power brokers which is not just the fans but specifically the donors and they were like no absolutely not we don't want mark stoops he got greg shianoed maybe you remember maybe you're too young to remember a couple of years ago when greg shiano mm-hmm. 
was going to be the next head coach at Tennessee. He was going to be the next head coach at Tennessee. It was done and dusted. It had basically been announced that he was going to be the, the next head coach at Tennessee. And then, but he, because he had been connected now, and I'm, I'm not saying this, this is the same thing with Mark Stoops, to be clear. I'm drawing a, a different comparison. He had been connected to the Penn State scandal, and Tennessee fans were absolutely outraged. Absolutely outraged and said, no, 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 no. We don't want Greg Schiano. We want somebody else. They ended up hiring, I believe it was, um, I think it's Josh Heupel. That's who they have now. They had hired Josh Heupel. This is not the same as that, okay? No. Because there was a, I think, more of a moral outrage towards Greg Schiano. Mark Stoops hasn't done anything wrong. No. It's just he's not up to the standards that AM fans wanted. But make no mistake, Aggie fans got AM to back off hiring Mark Stoops. That's like functionally a, a part of the public record at this point. Mm-hmm. And now, what does that say about Ross Bjork? What does that say about the Aggie alignment? What does that say about all those things? That's a topic for another day and certainly listen to Republic of Football for that. But it is a remarkable story that ends in in my opinion, they ended up backing into a good decision. Yep. I'm not saying Mark Stoops would have been a bad call. Mm-mm. But I think Mike Elko was a much more obvious choice for a lot of reasons. It just makes you wonder why, like what, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall and know what the decision was to not go with Elko in the first part. Yeah. Like just what was it? And, yeah. and I don't know, but it would be interesting to yes. know. And I don't think anybody will ever officially know, but it'll be interesting to just yeah. to hear. There'll be a book written in ten years about it, but I don't. I don't get it. I thought. I thought. I thought. To me, there were two choices. If you couldn't, and there, there were always people saying, "Oh, they're going to swing for Ryan Day at Ohio State. Or they're going to swing for Dan Lanning at Oregon." Right? There was. I mean, they probably swung. Yeah. They probably asked. Right. Yep. All I'm here to say is that I thought there were two pretty clear options, in my opinion. Three, if you want to include promoting Elijah Robinson, which wouldn't have been the worst idea in the world. Mm -hmm. And they were Mike Elko or Jeff Trailer. They ended up with Mike Elko. All's well that ends well, but it wasn't without its speed bumps on the way to College Station. Anyway, there's your recap of a wild weekend in Aggie. (laughs) Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, That was not the only coaching change yesterday. Obviously, you alluded to him. We'll be talking about him a little bit more as uh, the week goes on here. But if you're interested on candidates for some of the open jobs, go to TexasFootball.com. Craven-ish, Mallory Carter were busting their butts yesterday. Will Wilkerson to get all that information out as our college football team. So if you're interested in potential candidates for the jobs now open, um, head over to TexasFootball.com gonna do for us thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbell's false on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbell's and of course see us at texasfootball.com thanks again to port lavaca Hal- uh port lavaca calhoun head coach richard whitaker that's really got you today it really does <laughs> uh for being our guest for ashley pickle i'm greg tepper vince young please meet your player of the year trophy we'll see you tomorrow on texas football today mm-hmm.